Welcome to Incubate This, where technology and business come together to help startups start up. Brought to you by GodandAppIdea.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Rika Show. Today, we are in a new space. Welcome to our podcasting room. So David finally interrupted one too many times. <laughs> And we decided that we needed a dedicated room and we should probably lock the door. door. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Not continue that streak. (laughs) Uh, So over the next few episodes, you're going to see this room kind of start to take on some personality right now. It's pretty bland, but that's okay because we bring the party. Today we are talking about a topic that is trending and... It's been trending for a while. It's been trending for a while. Uh, And we're talking about why is Agile never Agile? So Agile is, and we're talking about Agile in terms of a software development approach, software development process. So I'm going to start by, for those of you who don't know, you've been living under a rock for 20 years, um, defining what this means so that we have sort of a platform from which we discuss our opinions and views on this. So Wikipedia defines agile software development as an approach to software development under which requirements and solutions evolve through the collaborative effort of self-organizing and cross-functional teams and their customers and end users. It advocates adaptive planning, evolutionary development, early delivery, and continual improvement, continual improvement, and it encourages rapid and flexible response to change. So the question, why is Agile never Agile, exists because all of that sounds really fantastic in terms of a software development project. Like, oh, we should be delivering code early and often, and we should be able to respond to changes from our end users or from our customers quickly and efficiently. And we're doing all, all this in code. We're not building a hardware product where we have to go get new boards or solder new components. You know, it's all in software. So we just change a few lines of code and we're off and running and able to adapt. The problem is it's almost never actually that way. We always end up back in a traditional waterfall method where you try and define as much scope as you possibly can up front and work off of that scope and changes are should be few and far between. The best analogy I can come up with for this is building a house. It's a little bit different because like I just said, we're not building hardware, we're not... Um, we're, we're, we don't have physical pieces, you know, we're not waiting for a manufacturing process and that, you know, interrupting that process means that we add all this time and energy. But where it is the same, particularly in terms of legacy software, but also in new software, you don't know what you don't know until you know it. And that's why I think Agile was originally born and conceived was because well, let's stop trying to know what we don't know until we do know it, and then we'll respond to it when we do know it. The problem is, how do you ever work inside of a budget constraint or a timeline constraint or both of those things at the same time if you don't know the whole world of what you're building? How do you say, I'm going to build a house and I'm going to do it in six months for $500,000, 
but I don't know what it's going to look like yet. <laughs> don't know what your finishes are. Right? Yeah. So, Agile's a fantastic idea. It's it's sort of been set as like, a, boy, if it could go that way, everybody would be more satisfied with the process. But it almost never actually works out that way. And so we want to talk today a little bit about why is that? In my experience, from what I've seen, one of the reasons is because not everybody in the stack and the hierarchy of the company has buy-in and or training. Mm. Um, you know, I saw that fairly recently at a company where um, the the owners, the founders of the company, the executive levels, um, they said, okay, you guys want to do Agile? I don't really understand that. That's that's fine. We'll, we'll pay for an Agile uh, coach to come in and they trained all of us and the agile coach said, okay, well I need to train you guys too. Okay, that's fine. And it never happened. Hmm. And so consequently agile never really had buy-in from them. So the only people that were actually doing agile were us, were the developers. Meanwhile, they're going, well, can't you just fit this other thing in? Can't you just add this requirement or this client said they would like this. Can you, can you just throw that in? And we could never get them to understand that when you when you throw those things in at the last minute, that throws off all of your velocity, mm. you know, and not to mention none of those requirements were really ever thoroughly and clearly defined. So now we're building something in the middle of a sprint that we don't fully understand. So what you get at the end of that is probably some amalgamation of what the client actually wanted, but maybe not what they actually wanted. Hmm. So if this is a process that's designed to respond to change well... Why is it that it doesn't respond to change well? I think it would if the requirement that they are introducing, I mean, I think Agile can do that, especially Kanban style of Agile What's is designed. Kanban? Kanban is designed so that you can pull things out and put things back in, you know, in the middle of a sprint. But those things that you're putting in have to be very clearly defined, mm. you know, um, so that we can know we have a reasonable level of success at, at, at achieving this because I know, I mean, it's clear, it's written right there. This story says, as a user, I want to be able to click on this button and this page opens up. Yeah. Um, and if it's not clearly defined, then it's not going to be successful regardless, right? I mean, that's almost not even Agile's fault. That's that's just, huh? you know, that's yeah, just kind of dumb. I think they respond to change, but it doesn't have to mean in this iteration. Yeah. So I think that, I don't think that's a, I think that's kind of a red herring. And, and you have to and you have to decide what works. are you pulling out. You know, if we want to meet this deadline, you got to pull something out usually in order to fit this thing back in. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it never works. I actually think it does work when you do it. I just think that nobody's almost nobody's doing it in reality. Hmm. People get um, have a tendency to get lost in a process of things, and as long as they're following the process, then they're doing a good job, and projects still fall apart because they're focused on the process they're not focused on the software and that's part of the you know the agile manifesto right up front is working software is the most important thing um and that's part of the problem is is somebody feeling like as long as i follow the process then this will work out. And if it doesn't work out, it won't be my fault because I followed the process. That's part uh. of the problem with just organizations in general is that like I can, if, if, if I'm 
working in an organization and some cloud service that we use is down, I don't usually get stressed about that, you know, because I can turn around to somebody who I'm responsible to and say, it's out of my control. I'm gonna go get some coffee. Um, but if you're really trying to get stuff done, (laughs) then it's a whole different thing. You know, when you're in business for yourself, like we are, then, you know, when that cloud service is down, you're on fire still. Cause it's like, I got to get this done and I can't go to somebody. And so that's, I guess, you know, the main point there is not the difference about how you feel about it, but the fact that when you're in an organization, you can very easily say, Hey, there's things out of my control that have delayed the, the outcome or delayed what I promised. So, you know, but I followed all the processes, right? You know, all my, if you go look at my points and my stories and everything, everything's up to date. And, you know, I told you in the standup, um, And that's part of the problem. I mean, most, in my opinion, in my experience, most companies that were doing agile, one of the things that they all made the mistake on, or the majority of them made the mistake on was that their daily standup was a daily status, a daily accounting of my time from yesterday, a daily justification that I should still be here. So what should a standup actually be? It should address only the project. Okay. um, And it should be, okay, here's the things that I was supposed to do yesterday. Here's the two out of three that are done so that the other, it's all about handing things off in my Mm -hmm. opinion, because when we're working on a team on a project with various layers in the application, you're, you're dependent upon somebody else in some other layer to get something done so you can get some data back and you can do what you need to do. And so you want that guy coming in in the morning saying, okay, that thing where I was going to you know, update the customer data with the new order is done now. I've tested it. It's checked in. Cool. Now I know I can hit the task where I wanted to call that service to get the new customer data. And um, then also the obstacle side where that third thing that I didn't get done, here's why. I found out, you know, what we thought we were going to, you know, I was going to do yesterday, what we talked about real quick. I found out that, eh, you know, there, oh, shoot. Okay. Um, because this guy who's waiting for something needs to know right away that he's not going to get that today. So he can go work on something else that isn't dependent on that. It's all about getting the ball down the field. And people know this. I mean, they talk about this, but then when they get into practice, in my opinion, it just becomes this. I mean, I can't tell you how many times in a standup you heard somebody start out with, well, I talked to so-and-so yesterday. You know, or I had a I had a conversation about something important with so and so yesterday. Nobody cares about you had a conversation unless you come back with saying he told me that we won't be able to use X Y Z to do this because of that. So we're gonna have to rethink that. But if it's just I talk, you know, uh, you know, yeah. just the preliminary stages of feeling out some coordinated effort with somebody. You're just make you're just trying to explain how you used your time, right? And that is totally irrelevant right. in agile. Nobody, nobody in that room should be able to fire you or, you know, send any punishment your way. So it's a, we're all trying to get the ball down the field at this point. Yeah. So does this go back to agile? Would be much more effective if we were a culture of accountability versus a culture of authority that is based on pretty much the only authority mechanisms that any of us are familiar with, which is like parents, teachers, that kind of thing. You're In talking that about world, carrot versus stick. Yeah, exactly. Of. I'm talking about hierarchy versus accountability. 
I mean, if, if, if you have a team that works in an environment where they're confident that anything they contribute is considered valuable, does this process work better? Like, could you actually get to a place where you are actually doing it the agile way better than the corporate hierarchy of I report to a middle manager who reports to ha 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 and blah, blah, blah. I think very, very much. I mean, I, I have been on at least one successful agile project where it felt like the agile was a big part of the success. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, it was a case where we didn't use any, um, specialized software tools. It was the very first project that we had done with agile and we were using sticky notes on a whiteboard. Yeah. With columns drawn and the product owner would step and we had a war room. We actually had a project room that was dedicated with two or three developers, two QA people. And we had, so we had everybody who was involved in this product were usually in the same room all day. And the product owner would usually step into the room half dozen times a day and ask how things were going and if there was anything holding things up. And, and you know, you'd do that appeal to the king thing at that point sometimes. So, well, I've been working on this task this morning, but this is looking like it's going to be a lot harder to do what I thought was going to be kind of easy to do. But I realized that we can do this much and I can definitely get that done by Friday or I can definitely get that done today. Is that cool with you for now if we make a story for the rest of it for later? Yeah, cool. Yeah. You know, and and that back and that back and forth being able to do that in a timely manner mm -hmm. and And also having one king. One king. He's the guy who is making those decisions and can manage yeah. up the chain or across, you know, cross departmental, whatever that looks like. He's the guy who can make that decision, and yeah, he's the like one what involved. Yeah, you said about the accountability and the leadership there is that that shows when 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 you get when you have a scenario like that and you feel that that hey the product owner here he's in freaking charge of what I do for the next x months. I have a couple things I got to report to my manager on timekeeping stuff like that, but other than that, I am responsible to this product owner. And in that successful project. There, the feeling that feeling was there um, mm -hmm. because the direct management for software wasn't that involved, and they were kind of happy to have, I think, somebody else taking over a, a portion of the team and directing them. And it's that feeling given to you that says this is a legitimate process. The company buys into this. Yeah, you know, like what Daryl had said about a company where up to a point it's agile. Beyond that. They can throw anything into the mix that they want to, and we can't say no, you know, but when you're working on a project where the product owner is the authority and it keeps getting reinforced that he is the authority, yeah, you're saying this is, you know, this is going to work because look, everybody's into it. Yeah. Um, and that transparency of having sticky notes on the wall yeah. versus sometimes I think the tools give you more and more layers by which you can hide you know, the lack of progress of things. You can hide them in these, look at all these great numbers we got. People get lost in the, in the agile of, you know, like how many points is that? How many points is that? It's all about points. Just gonna say like, that. No, we really should be having some engineering discussions. Of course, you know, people know that you don't want to get bogged down too far in that. It's a, I think it's a gray fuzzy line. Um, but when we first started agile, where it was successful, when we had our iteration plans, there was engineering discussions. If I'm responsible for a certain part and I, th you know, I throw out a couple things 
to the group of, I think I can do that by this, that, and the other. And somebody else can throw out, oh, we have this thing that does that that you can use. And other people will throw out some institutional knowledge that I can pile into there. But over time, it turned into just how many points is that? How many points is that? How many points is that? Should that go in the parking lot? It's all about process and nobody's talking about what we're actually doing anymore. So again, it's it's getting to people are people are creatures of habit and we're creatures of goals and measurable, right? And what you're what you're saying is there's the actual agile process which which in which involves seeing value in the thinking process and finding value in discovering what we don't know, we don't know. But you can't put time or dollar value on that. It's it, you you can't you can't distill that hard. down to points. At those points are an estimation, right? It's what the group has come together and said, we think it's gonna take this long. We think it's gonna take these points, which I know for a lot of agile processes, the points don't really they don't correlate they to don't anything. They don't correlate to anything. It's just it's it's a sort of a general estimate of the the complexity, the level of effort and yeah. the time and all of that together. That's how much it's going to take, three points, five points, whatever, however you measure it to, to achieve this thing. But nobody really knows. Yeah. Like you said, you don't know until you've actually done it. So the problem actually comes in when we say, all right, we th- we're, we're going to go with five points. That feels about right. And then you get into the process and you go, oh my gosh, we were way off. This yeah. this was this was an epic. Like we couldn't even point this. This was epic. We yeah. didn't know what we didn't know. There was way more to this. And than now we there's a rather than that just being we have more information, so we're going to get better at estimating and working this project. Now it becomes a stick by which to beat the whole team with and say, yeah. well, you didn't meet your mark. Yep. You were bad. Bad Grant. Bad Daryl. Yeah. Met metrics are. Gosh, it's funny because, I mean, I got into metrics, you know, in the previous century thinking that it was a good thing. And then I started seeing how hard it was to measure the important things, Mm -hmm. to quantify the important things. And, you know, when people get lost in metrics, they don't even know what they're measuring for a lot of times. And, and you know, like you're saying and like I was saying about the points, it's just people get fixated on these velocities and things like that. And there's outliers, you know, and, well, how come your velocity went from 23 to 10? Did you lose somebody on your team? No, we found something we didn't know how to point. We ran into something that turned out to be a lot bigger than we thought it was going to be. But we got through it. We made it. Yeah. Yeah, but you only got 10 points done. Who cares? I actually, I had that happen at a place where my uh, particular thing I was working on was a role-based security model for the entire system. And my manager berated me about how few points I had or how few stories or something like that. It was how little. And it's like, this is something this company has been talking about since before I got here three or four years ago and has never been able to implement and I'm getting there, but this is, this is some hard stuff. Yeah. And to be, you know, like you said, to be yeah. berating me or to be beating me with it, it's like, okay, I could have done a better job in the meeting to tell you that this was going to be a lot bigger than it is. Yeah. But kind of everybody kind of knew it was a big thing. Yeah. And to you to be throwing that out because we're 
arguing about something right now. It's just like, screw you. Yeah. Was this the same person that got onto you guys for not having enough no. lines of code? Okay. No. Not the exact same sounds like person, something but... you would have but... <laughs> It's that same group. Yeah. But uh What's funny is as you were as you started talking about metrics and and you know how to how do you really get value from what you're tracking? Points is definitely an area where it's like we're throwing darts at the wall a lot of times and until we're done, we don't really know what we can get done. It remind reminds me of an episode an episode of Friends where oh, Chandler's no. in the meeting with his boss <laughs> and when it opens the scene, the boss is like, "So in summary, the lines all go up, so I'm happy." <laughs> Let's go for martinis. And it's like, what are you measuring, though? I mean, if the lines going up are expenses, that's bad. That's bad, yeah. But nobody really knows. And we're all looking for that. Yep, it's trending up. So that's the right thing. And it's like, no, that's not necessarily the thing. In that same company, upper management didn't have to follow that kind of thinking because there was an engineering retreat that happened out of state with a bunch of muckety mucks. And I said, did you have any engineering people there? No. It's an engineering retreat. That might have been a good idea to have <laughs> some engineering people there. But they came back with a new company strategy. You know, we were gonna there was gonna be more cross team activity. And we were gonna be because we had been acquired by a large company, we were gonna be working with teams all over the and that was like the goal was just to have more teams working on stuff. And I'm just like, what's the outcome gonna be? And I finally asked the VP of of engine, he was the only engineer, the VP of engineering, who wasn't really much of an engineer. Um, but it, I said, you know, how? Okay, so if you're going to implement this strategy for the next year, how did you guys determine if it was effective at the end of the year? If you made more money, or if? And well, measuring things like that's kind of hard. Not, and I just became livid. I said, we live and die by points and by velocities that we're living and dying by every single day. And you are the people that are making us do this. And then you don't even know how you're going to measure what you're doing. So to me, it's like you threw darts at a board and said, let's try something different. We won't even know if it worked or not. Yeah. Yeah. And so, it sounds like they wouldn't have known for at least a, a year. Well, and. If, whatever it was. And how would knowing. you know? You minions who didn't get a say have to be held accountable to this arbitrary system that we came up with and we imposed on you. Don't you dare ask us to be accountable for anything. It was like yeah. they hadn't, he didn't even think of it. No, didn't even occur. And and how ironic Don't is that? Guys... They're like, we want more cross cross team collaboration. Oh, but we're not inviting the teams to talk right. about that. <laughs> anyway, that this is becoming a rant. Of anyway, organization, and and that's really what this is: is an organizational problem in a lot of cases. It is, I think. and and so I, what we're coming to is that agile. Agile could be very, very effective. And it was and, and for you guys in that one scenario. But what it takes to be effective is that it's an organizational mindset and a cultural mindset. Yes. It can't be a process that's dictated. It has to be a culture and a mindset. And it's not static. I mean, it's I, not, I feel I mean, that, that you have to constantly be refining almost to the degree of after every sprint going, okay, what worked? What didn't? Yeah. What do we need to stop doing? What do we need to start doing? Every single Even time. in terms of process, like, okay, the process, we've gotten encumbered by this step that we've said we need to do. Okay, well, let's just stop doing that step and see if there's some other thing that we can replace it with. We don't know what that is right now, but let's, let's just try it. Let's, let's I mean, try this and, and then next and time we'll try that. And that's the part that gets scary for companies is you can't reproduce an experiment. You can't depend on an experiment 
to produce money, mm-hmm. right? To produce that, revenue. That's where culture comes in because I what I found is that most of those retrospective type sessions, uh, people are afraid to say that didn't work. Yeah, you know this thing that I'm hearing everybody has buys into. I think it was just stupid and pointless. Yeah, and it didn't do anything but cause me more work. Yeah, and I'm a, but I'm afraid to say that because right. nobody else seems to be saying it. Right, and I think that's what happens is there's the culture of I don't want to stick my head out and get whack a mold. Um, so it's, I mean, the whole, th- it's like the emperor has no clothes story, you know? Yeah. Everybody's afraid to say, wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Any party thoughts? Party thoughts. Party, party thoughts. Let's party. <laughs> Let's have tea a tea party. party. <laughs> We're done. All right. We're so outie. why is agile never agile? Mostly because you can rarely get buy-in from a cultural perspective on what it really means um so if you have an example of in your organization how you've successfully implemented pieces of this or gotten organizational buy-in we'd love to hear about it comment on our website comment on our social media you know tell us we're wrong we love that (laughs) all right for daryl grant and cynthia this has been rika technologies and the rika show and we shall see y'all next time Looking for more tips, tricks, and advice for your startup? Visit us online at gotanappidea.com. 